Welcome to Over Here. This is episode number three. And today we're talking to a fantastic baritone saxophonist, Andrew Gutowskis. Putting the work in and spending the time is very important. But at the end of the day, put out what you can and know that and trust yourself. Andy is a fantastic New York-based saxophonist, mostly playing Barry sax. And we got together and talked about some exciting new projects he's up to. He's releasing a bunch of videos to go along with an EP that's coming out this summer. This is the summer of 2017, and we had a kind of wide-ranging conversation about his musical influences, as well as his life and some changes he's made recent in the last few years to allow himself more time to chase after the musical goals that he set for himself and to enjoy life every day. So here's a wide-ranging, interesting conversation that Andy and I had just a few weeks ago. All right, so we're here with Andy Gutowskis today, a fantastic baritone saxophonist. If you don't know Andy, you will soon. So, Andy, thanks for getting together to do this interview. Thanks for having me, Nick. Of course. And uh, Andy, very exciting, has a bunch of music coming out this year. He hasn't released it yet. We're kind of coming up with when it's going to come out, but <laughs> a bunch of uh, videos, right? Correct. Coming, coming yeah, out, some original music. Original music, yep. So, <clears throat> to start off... Why don't we introduce you to people, and so why don't you tell us tell us a little story. How did we get from Andy being born to right now, living in Brooklyn? Wow, Andy being born. Well, it was a cold, wintry day in the middle of the summer, and uh, <laughs> in August, and uh, yeah, my story, uh, I started studying the saxophone in fourth grade when I was eight years old, and um, came up with... Uh, you know, the standard school, sure. went through elementary, sure. middle, high school, um, had a lot of great teachers along the way, um, especially in uh, middle school and high school, some great band directors and um, uh, wonderful private teachers I was really fortunate to take lessons with. And, uh, and then I went to William Patterson University for my undergraduate degree in jazz studies and uh, studied with Gary Smullyan and uh, James Williams and all these wonderful, you know, artists out there and um and then so wait, I, so wait so let's back up okay let's back there's, up there's a lot of there's a lot of information really fast so <laughs> let's back up so did you always play barry or did you pick up barry along the way i picked up barry along the way and it's actually a funny story my father was okay. the one who um insisted that Good. i play baritone yeah he was like don't you think you should play be nice if you play some baritone this was when i was in high school okay and i was mainly an alto player and uh yeah so he he's like you know I think you'd be I think you'd sound really nice on baritone I'm like no I don't know I don't know and then uh and then I got a baritone I rented a baritone for a, for a year and it was uh um it was great you know it was a different beast mm -hmm. uh, a different instrument but uh it really resonated with me and so then in uh 2001 I bought my baritone that I currently have now oh that you still play I still play uh this con uh from 1928 and wow. uh, and uh, yeah so it was and it was a struggle you know baritone is a is a beast mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, saxophonists you know everyone you know we can all press the same buttons and uh, get the same notes out and uh, but something about this instrument is it demands a lot of uh, a lot of uh, attention just like any other instrument mm -hmm. a lot of care and uh, and it's just a different uh, different uh, voice and it's been really fun and uh challenging and <laughs> so so did your 
kind of musical taste change between when you before you started playing Barry and after? Did it definitely? Yeah, I mean, I was in the middle of a of a. Uh, um, I was really into younger uh, musicians at the time, and and uh, for no fault of anybody, that's just what I was that resonated with me. It was just younger. Um, uh, musicians that I looked up to probably you know 10 15 years older than me mm-hmm. and then um, I think as I became more aware of you know and more educated and I moved to I moved to New Jersey and New York area and and started to realize that you know the world is much broader and so as I continued to play baritone um, and then studying with Joe Temperley was uh, kind of a definitive moment in my life you know studying with Joe and going to the Juilliard school um, which was, uh, you know, changed my world, you know, yeah. changed my life. And uh, so I feel like my approach is completely different now, you know, in terms of, you know, I still take my, uh, I don't know, you know, that, that young fire and yeah. I just apply it to, you know, all, everything that I know now in mm-hmm. terms of just living life and, and being in New York for 13 years and studying music and learning from my friends and all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know. You know, so, you know. <laughs> so, what were some of the things that I'm just curious? Like, what are some of the main things that Joe kind of were kind of his like? Well, Joe, was? Joe was very. Uh, he was all about playing with a good sound, having a good sound, and playing mm-hmm. melodies and okay. singing through your instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, and lessons with him would would mostly be um, we would play Bach duets. Or block Bach flute sonatas, okay. where he would take the one of us would take the 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 bass clef line, or the or the and the other would take the flute line, and we would trade off, mm-hmm. um, playing uh, different parts and just just playing the music, playing melodies. We would play tunes, and we would start to improvise. And he would say, he would stop me, go, "Where's the melody? Play the melody." And I'm playing, I'm giving you the PG version, but yeah, right, sure, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, but. Um, yeah, they were just constantly just like the most musical experiences. And then it would just be me listening to him play. Like that was the most valuable lesson was just like hearing him, the sound come out of his instrument mm-hmm. and like the love and the intent, the care that, that he brought to it. Um, he would joke about, um, you know, warming up before rehearsals and, uh, you know, he would comment on, how saxophonists would typically, you know, they put the instrument out and, you know, just the, like, you know, just, you know, playing everything that they, all the notes that they know. And he was like, just get a good sound. <laughs> and that just resonated with me mm-hmm. so much. And uh, so, yeah, I try to, th- I think about that every time I play now. It's just, you know, that, that, uh, and I wish I could hear that sound again, you know, mm-hmm. as a, uh, because it was just the most beautiful sound, but that's yeah. The lessons were amazing. I loved. Uh, I, I, I feel like uh, yeah, it's tough to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, it's I a hard. Uh, I got you. It's a because uh, it's such a such a significant part of uh, my education. Mm-hmm. Whether it was in, not even like even the two years you were there studying with him, but then just the the rest of my you know time to just hear Joe play and just to grow. So it's it's cool. I'm grateful. Yeah. Thank you. So Joe was a big influence for you. You mentioned Gary Simoleon. Yeah, correct. James Williams. James Williams. Who were some of your other teachers? Some of my other teachers um, uh, along the way. I studied with um, Kevin Norton, 
who is a wonderful composer and uh, uh, percussionist in town, and I think he's based in New Jersey. He taught at William Patterson. So I studied composition with him and uh, my senior year of college. Um, um, other teachers. Sorry. No, it's okay. That's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, so who would you say are some of your main musical influence influences? It could be along the spectrum, across the spectrum. That's a that's a that's a big question. There's a lot um, current influences. I find that you know a lot of my friends are now um, my greatest influences. Mm. I feel like um, coming up, if we look to the masters, and mm. that's and that's. Uh, I mean, for me, growing up, I listened to uh, Cannonball Adderley, a lot of alto players. Okay, that was the main acts. Uh, Cannonball, Charlie Parker. Um, I really love Joe Henderson. Um, uh, I got into I was in, into Brad Meldow like really heavy when mm-hmm. I was in college, and sure. um, Miguel Zanon was a huge influence okay. back in college, yeah, yeah, and sure. uh, amazing saxophonist. And uh, um, but then and then like in my time at Juilliard, I mean Duke Ellington was like really a profound moment for me. It was mm-hmm. like whoa, this music is amazing, yeah. and it's. There's such a vibe and such a uh, it's just such, such beautiful music. So that really influenced me. Currently, I mean, all my friends. It's it's. Uh, um, I do listen to a lot of uh, uh, random music, mm-hmm. like Indian classical music now, and okay. uh, and uh, pop and rock and all that stuff. But I feel like. Uh, yeah, Lucas Pino is you know we both mm-hmm. play in his band, but <laughs> he's a he's a big influence. Uh, yourself, Nick Finzer, <laughs> not to stroke your ego, uh, but please, um, you know Alex Larray. Um, trying to think of Glenn's. I mean, the, basically yeah, his band. The whole band. <laughs> the whole band is like really inspiring. Um, other guys. I mean, uh, let's be maybe maybe uh, I can be more specific. specific. So, in coming up with this new music that you recorded yes were there any particular influences that kind of led you to yes. music choose musical directions yes that's a great question yes um a lot of the music that i that i ended up writing for this project and and, and things that are coming up in the next uh year that i'm excited about are uh it's basically like a gratitude it's gratitude mm. and i know it might sound cliche but it's really uh um leaving and becoming an independent musician and mm-hmm. freelance musician in the last year and a half um, after working a working um, a day job and playing um, it gave me some time to think about you know the people that really influenced me and shaped me over the years and uh, especially in my year off so this current music that I've been writing um, is kind of a is gratitude so uh, you know there's a piece for for my girlfriend Diana who mm-hmm. Um, just one day she was in the kitchen dancing around and, uh, I was just, just sitting around, you know, I had my melodica and I came up with a little idea and that, and that turned into an entire song just Mm -hmm. based on like her happiness in life, like that inspired. So I'm the, these, I guess the direction that I'm going in is a, is a, a grateful and just things that make me happy <laughs> because people I find such joy in everyone's uh, talents and, and um, beauty and all that mm-hmm. all that stuff. So oh, so the so the music is inspired by people. So she has a song for her. Um, there's a song for Joe Temperley mm-hmm. in there. Um, 
There's a song for, um, there was a song for the, um, election day. I had an election day blues, you know, not, it was good. Just the blues. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, there's, uh, some song for some friends in there. So it's, uh, those people who have like had an, uh, an impact in my life that I feel they, I just owe it to them. I just want to thank them. I don't yeah. know if that answers anything. No, I think it does. I think it answers. <laughs> And so, what's your concept for the band? First, who's in the band and kind of what's the... Great question. So, currently, for this current project that's coming out, it's um, Glenn Zaleski on piano, uh, Rick Rosado on bass, mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy McBride on drums, Alex Wince on guitar, um, and then on a couple of tracks, we have Rob Edwards on trombone. Oh, nice. And uh, I'm playing the baritone saxophone. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's pretty fun. And so, was there any particular, like band influence that led you to that sound or was it like a yeah i mean i could individ like i can kind of think of moments when i was like oh that guy that guy that guy mm -hmm. um i know i remember seeing i, I mean i play with all these people yeah. pretty regularly in different bands and uh like i remember alex wins playing a solo with the roxy cost quintet okay at uh and i just remember thinking uh, okay, that's why I want to play guitar. <laughs> nice. And not to discount anybody else. I oh, love sure. there's so yeah, many yeah. great cats out there. Um, Jimmy is just really naturally easy to play with. Everyone's just, so, they're all just really, um, I knew that in, in having them in the band, it would be, I would feel a lot of support and comfort in, uh, in having them. And, and they just played the music beautifully and I'm really happy with how it's going to turn out. So, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, exciting. It's be great. Yeah. What are some of the projects that you're really enjoying being a part of now that are not your projects? That are not my projects. Well, um, like I mentioned before, the Lucas Pino, No Net, No Net, uh, mm -hmm. been doing that for a few years. So, uh, that's one of my favorites. Um, I do play with, um, Miho Hazama, uh, M unit. She has a, a great, uh, band, that combines kind of uh, classical origins and jazz, and she has a string quartet with that, and uh, that's a great band. Uh, Kyle Saunier's Awakening Orchestra, um, just a beautiful composer, profound writer, and uh, um, and that band's been together for years, so it's been really fun to see how the band has grown. And um, I play with this a great funk band called Function Eleven, mm -hmm. and uh, so we've been together for four or five years now, and doing all the, some covers and original music, which has been really fun. And uh, a lot of different big bands. A lot of, uh, I've been playing with uh, some pop groups. Uh, Hannah Gill and the Hours is another great group I've been playing with. Karen Bataro. I play in your band sometimes. It's true. A little bass clarinet. Mm -hmm. um, oh man, forgive me if I forgot. No, no, <laughs> There's so okay. many, so many bands. The Danny Janacucci, My Mike Sailors. And uh, John Lake, big band. Oh, yeah, I didn't band. even know that they had a big band. Yeah, Stephen Feifke's big band. Uh, um, There's a lot of bands. A lot of bands going on. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I'm feeling pretty busy. Yeah, I'm pretty grateful. And hashtag blessed. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, it's taken you a little while to kind of get this project moving. What were some of the hurdles that you had to kind of get through before you decided to actually go in and write the music and record what kind of was that process like um it was 
stressful trying to decide, like to pick something mm-hmm. to, um, to say, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a quintet recording right now. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to do a trio. It's like, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to record an album, then it has to be one genre. And, and people are going to think, well, what is he doing if I don't pick one genre? So I feel that being able to, in the way the technology is these days, you can put everything, anything up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you helped me. <laughs> make my, make me help me. It was uh, getting over those, those uh, decisions on like what type of music to play. And then the thing that was liberating was to realize that it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, um, putting the work in and spending the time is very important. But at the end of the day, when you're, you just do your best, you put out what you can, and uh, and uh, know that and trust yourself. So nice. I started to trust myself. Uh-huh. Yeah, I started to trust myself and uh, and realize that that whatever I put out there is I'm gonna do my best and and do it with care and. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully people will like it. But I feel like they will. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think they will. I think so. I think they will. And I want to do it for everybody. I want people to, you know, to hear the music. And it was time, it was too, too, too much time had gone by for me to not put anything out. And, mm-hmm. um, and so now I feel um, it's time for the people mm-hmm. to just feel good. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of not constantly but there's often this argument of like do you have anything to say so should you put anything out as yeah. a, you know as younger musicians yeah and so a lot of times people use that as an excuse like oh i don't know what i want to say yet or i don't yeah yeah how do you respond when someone says like oh you if you don't know what you're gonna or if you don't feel like you have something profound to say why should you bother putting anything out oh man well, i mean i know my answer but yeah yeah well, I think the old my old self would be like, "Well, you're right," mm-hmm. but my new I think the new current self would just say, "Just do it, just try." You know, like if anything, if it if you fail, then you, that's a learning experience, and life is a learning experience. <laughs> like every day is just a new is just a new thing. It's just you know, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know what's going to happen three minutes from now. You know, right, maybe the sure. building will collapse. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. But um, there's no time better than, than right now. Like, there's no, why wait? You know, just do it. And that was, that was uh, the biggest lesson I could have learned. You know, just do it. And I think um, just having good people around me to just keep pushing me. Mm-hmm. And um, So if you don't mind, you don't, if this is, you don't have an answer for this, is okay, but do you know what got you from there to the here in terms of your mindset? Because I remember that Andy as well. Yeah. And so, but I mean, I don't know if there was a, a moment or if it was a gradual shift. Or I'm just curious. Yeah, there, it's been a gradual shift. There's, I have to point out a few other people really mm-hmm. quick. So there was, I I went to India in November of 2015 and uh, was able to work with this great artist, Salim. Uh, and Suleiman Merchant, they're uh, great composers out in India, and touring with them, and touring with with Salim was a very, and just getting to hang out with him was a very like profound moment for me because the his the way that he worked and the way that he 
um, just constantly was just devoted to the music, devoted to music, devoted to, and it wasn't, it was never work for him. It was always pleasure. I, he, he has a studio in India that he's at from noon until like 4am when he's in town. And like every day is just there playing and working out stuff. And I would call him when I was back home and I'd be like, Hey, what are you up to? And, and how you doing? Oh, I'm just at the studio. It's three in the morning. You're crazy. He's like, Oh man, I love this. This is my joy. And I think seeing wow. that and thinking about that mm-hmm. and, um, that was just like a, like an incredible, and I, it's taken some time to like really set, sink in and, but just to watch him try things and just be like, okay, no, uh, no, no, oh, that's good. And then see where it goes. And then, um, that, that, that was a huge lesson. Another thing was, um, Eddie Passant. Alto player. Alto player. Yeah. So sometimes I sub with George G and, uh, mm-hmm. and their big band at Spring 46 and Eddie Passant just like plays the crap out of like, he's just amazing mm-hmm. and like he just plays like he doesn't he's just like ah, oh, he just screams through that horn and just like the best stuff is coming out the best feeling like so much soul and so much vibe and uh and i remember thinking i've thought about that a lot i'm just like man like he just puts such a vibe out there and it doesn't like matter it just doesn't matter and so hearing that and I had a conversation with Paul Nedzella, who I don't see that often, you know, mm-hmm. another amazing baritone player. Not to say that I'm amazing, <laughs> but he's an, Amer- he's an amazing baritone player. Um, and we were talking about it, and he was just like, yeah, he just doesn't, he just doesn't care. He doesn't care. And, like, he goes up there with just this vibe of just like, hey, this is me. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Exactly. And um, just, just thinking about that, that's just like a... It's like that was that was an amazing moment. Like those those few things. There's in speaking with I talk with you. I talk with Lucas Pino and Alex Larey a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think just having like friends and also the, there's like joy in my life. You know, like there's there's happiness like within. Which yeah, I guess that's the question. Like how did I get to that? Um, but um, yeah, I mean I have a great girlfriend too. I mean <laughs> Diana is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Like, I mean, that's like a, when there's joy coming at you Mm -hmm. in multiple directions, um, it's, it's hard not to like feel it. And then you kind of make it part of your, make it part of yourself. And then a penny whistle. (laughs) (laughs) So Andy, I want to thank you again for getting together. Is there any, any other thoughts or questions you would want to share with either listeners or other musicians about your project or about what you're up to well um something coming up some we have these videos that are coming out that i'm really excited about um and uh some things i'm working on currently are um another project more of a kind of an electronic vibe with uh um it'll be like a bass and keyboard and drums and guitar but uh, different cool. style of music, and I'm really looking for. I've been writing lyrics recently, cool. so I'm writing some music to feature uh, my girlfriend Diana Huey, who's also an amazing singer, uh, an actor, and uh, um, just wanted to work. I want to work with her, and uh, so that's some stuff going on. I would say uh, just keep uh, to people like working out there and just trying to get better and and uh, and just enjoy just enjoy like playing music and enjoy enjoy what you do whatever it is whether it's music or 
or you're an accountant or whatever. Um, just find the joy in like every day and uh, because life is just so much better <laughs> in that way and yeah. you know don't be so hard on yourself and i know this isn't like a, self, a hard one. this isn't yeah. a self-help interview but um but sometimes but sometimes yeah i mean i feel better yeah <laughs> um awesome well yeah thank you andy yeah thanks for having me and uh thanks for watching thanks for we'll watching see you next time see you guys and there you have it there's our conversation Thanks for joining us on Over Here. This is episode number three. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a quick review and a shout out on iTunes. It really is helpful to us. Visit outsideofmusic.com. If you need help releasing your next album or you want to talk about new projects, get in touch with me, Nick Finzer, at the Outside in Music website, outsideinmusic.com. See you guys next time.